Gabe Codd, it's high noon on Wednesday. Thanks for joining us for Life with Gwen. Today we'll be talking about a really important topic, and, and that is helping people with literacy. And we uh, it's been a long time. I'm with Executive Director of the Cape Cod Literacy Council, Catherine Carpenter. And uh, I see you around the building, but, but we don't have a lot of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So I am so glad you are joining us. And you've brought someone with you who is both a student and a volunteer. Yes, this is Alcinea Lelis, or Thank Nea, you. we call her Nea, yeah. and she started with us as a student and became a volunteer in yeah. our uh, helping us to teach, and now she's also volunteering plus back in school. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me here. It's always nice to have someone who's done, um, you know, gone through the experience both ways because we can talk about, you know, what it's brought to you and also what you're able to share with others. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about yourself before we get into overall look at uh, literacy. Um, are you from Brazil? Yes, I'm from Brazil. I'm here for 13 years. I When I got here, I, I didn't have much English. I think my English was like 3%. Today, I can say I have 85% of English. I can hear it in those contractions. <laughs> you can always tell people are speaking English well when they're using idiom and con contraction. I know. So, it And I start, I went to Cape Cod Community College when I got here. And actually, Catherine was my teacher over there. And last year, I heard about it, counseling, and I started going over there. said, oh, this is going to be a good opportunity to learn more English because I didn't have a chance to finish the levels Cape Cod usually offer for us. And I said, I'm going to, to go to the counselor and learn more English and be a volunteer and help our community. Because I know a lot of people here need to learn, need to do a lot of stuff. They always need English. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you mentioned the church, and you're active in the Brazilian community yes. here. Yes. Uh -huh. So. And I know a lot of people here, and I usually try them. My work now at the council is helping them to go to the right places and help them to do the applications. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to get in to get in class. Well, thank you for your volunteering and, and for talking to us a bit today. Catherine, tell us a little bit about the big picture for Cape Cod. Um, you know, why don't we start where you started with me, and, and I was surprised by this. You said it's not strictly literacy you're dealing with. You have a another, um, you know, tell me a little bit about that. So we are a completely volunteer organization, and we help others learn to read, write, and speak English and to overcome illiteracy, but it's usually a marginally illiterate person, and also to help someone accomplish their educational goal. And so uh, we train the volunteers to enter one of our three programs that we have right now. They do change from time to time, but those volunteers are um, trained. There's 135 volunteers wow. working with 482 students across all of our programs and they've put in over 4,000 volunteer hours doing that. So the programs um, entail uh, English immersion classes. Um, the Cape Cod Community College Adult Education Center has an enormous wait list and the wait list is something like 300 students. So we try to um, help those students out while they're waiting 
to enter those classes, mm -hmm. and we offer classes for them. Uh, our volunteers teach these classes to the students on that wait list, or those that apply with us. And also we serve large numbers of the community that, from all sectors that you could imagine. So there, there's a big uh, English as a second language component, though, and you know you're dealing with folks who who um, who are literate in the sense of of they read in their own language, but they're trying to become fluent reading English. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's so. right. And they also, um, let's say, they come from another country and they are educated. Some have bachelors and even masters and beyond, but they're trying to come and join in here. They're trying to assimilate their families and, you know, enter schools and become that business owner that they were in Brazil, let's say, but they want to be that person here, an accountant, a nurse, a teacher, you name it. Mm -hmm. And so we'll help them overcome the language barriers, which, you know, comes under a category of literacy because they're unable to really um, progress along until they have that foundation. So, um, but what makes us a little bit unique in our different kinds of programs, it's not just the English immersion classes we do, we, we help those with disabilities and, and many others. Um, but we always um, interview the student and get right to the goal that they want to achieve. So if they need to pass a test to become a CNA, then we're gonna help them pass that test. Oh, that's interesting, because yeah. I was gonna ask you whether, um, whether you find that you have a bigger percentage of people coming for, you know, like pleasure reading or for uh, professional reading or technical reading. Um, and it sounds like you have some of everything. We do. Um, the general reading category, I guess you could say, falls under, uh, say, we have a grandparent who is the caregiver of their grandchildren and they're sending them to school. They want to read with them when they get home, but they're marginally illiterate. They, for whatever reason, never finished their schooling mm -hmm. and needed to work or support families. So, uh, and then we have a category of folks who are um, trying to succeed in their own career path. And they may be marginally literate from let's say Haiti, but the education level of education is not comparable to the US. So we're helping them with their literacy to be able to, um, you know, read a text and comprehend it and then you know use that text whether it be their profession or in the community you know with their children or at the hospital um, there's mm -hmm. lots and lots and lots of um, goals that folks come in and talk about so but they're all related to illiterate literacy and an educational that, that's interesting because i've always thought that the thing that makes me like english so much is because you can words have very different meanings. They may sound the same, but have a different meaning. Um, but it also must make it very difficult to learn English as you progress. Um, it, uh, I think it's probably not an easy language that way. Although recently met someone who spoke only Mandarin and I was afraid to say hello because <laughs> there are four tones and I thought, what could I be saying if I'm not saying hello? I know this is the right word, but I don't know what the tone is. Fortunately, English is not that way. 
Um, I want to stop for a second and remind all of you who might be watching that if you have a question or if you have a situation you'd like to ask about, uh, feel free to type it in on the Facebook Live and uh, our producer Jason Kolnos will hold it up and, and we'll get it into the conversation. If, you, uh, if we can't answer it right here, we'll get the answer and type it in for you. It's whenever we're interviewing people here, you're always a part of that conversation. Please feel free to join in. So, and I should tell you, I'm always embarrassed because now Brazil, so you probably have Portuguese? Yeah. Portuguese. Yes. And I, I have such a bad memory that anything beyond English, you know, five, ten words and that's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, in fact, I told you, Catherine, that I would volunteer for the Literacy yes, Council. Yes, you did. <laughs> except that I'm really bad with vowel sounds, you know. Um, it doesn't matter. If yeah, I know. willingness to help out, that's all we need. To understand yeah. the text, to to yeah. I imagine that all of those things come up, and this would be more of a question for you, Naya. When you're learning English in context like that, when you want to learn to read a text or a textbook, um, do you find that it's it's hard to learn all the possible meanings, or or uh, you know, instead of just learning the basic vocabulary, you're learning how to use it in a particular setting, right? Yes. It's, um, I usually say it's more easy to learn English than our language, because our language is very difficult when, like you, if you want to learn <laughs> Portuguese, it's mm -hmm. very hard, it's more hard than English. But uh, when, Interesting. We use the text, when we use the textbook like that, it's helping a lot. Mm -hmm. So, and are you a student at uh, Cape Cod now Community I, yeah, now? No, I am, because I'm, I'm planning to do my GED, mm -hmm. and I had to finish the three levels they offer, and I couldn't finish before, and now I'm doing that. It's yeah. actually the Adult Education Center of Cape Cod Community College. So it's their satellite campus on Main Street in Hyannis. Right down yeah. where the Rugged Bear used to be. Exactly. And I'm dating yeah. myself because I think it's been 10 or 15 <laughs> well, <me> years. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, how, uh, Nea, how you first heard about the, the council and decided to come. Oh, I heard about the council when I went to the Cape Cod Common College to do my, uh, apply for my to do my level three and they taught they told they told me about it mm -hmm. and that's why I went over there and I called Catherine and I went to learn more English and help um, our community yeah that's how I heard about them it's a very good program and now that you have learned as much English as you have do you find yourself um, translating for people and and uh, helping with paperwork and that kind of thing yeah I usually I'm not good on like going to doctors really well but I'm trying to help them in a lot of things like call to make appointment like the other day I went to a doctor a surgery doctor for dentist mm -hmm. and I have I was really happy about it because I couldn't imagine I could do that and my friend asked me to go with her and we did I did really well and that makes me proud because mm -hmm. I, so I got a lot of help yeah we and also so. have a um, right now we have a grant through Cape Cod Healthcare and we are teaching health literacy within our English immersion classes and for this very reason yeah. uh, there's so many uh, from our immigrant community that are having a hard time understanding what's available in the community to them, how to navigate the healthcare system, um, what do I do when I have 
heart attack, you know, um, this is just a, a wide, wide range of questions. So um, we're teaching health literacy through Cape Cod Healthcare, and we're focusing this semester on nutrition and how it's related to heart disease, obesity, and diabetes. Oh. So uh, very interesting how folks come out, um, you know, while be interviewing a young man and he'll say, doctor, when I go to the doctor, you know, I go to the hospital because that's where the doctors are. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so it's a cultural learning as well as, as well a language. As right, right. Interesting. Yeah. Now, we talked a little bit about the numbers locally. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, the different ethnic groups that you're working with. I'm sure we have quite a few uh, Brazilian people living on the Cape. Are there other uh, groups that, that you see? Um, and do you see an uptick in the summer because of the students who come to work here? Or is it mostly people who live here year round? So the majority of our uh, folks are Brazilian, I would say approximately 75%. And then the, um, the we have, um, you know, European, Southeast Asian, we have um, quite a few folks from Haiti. Yes, we there are more students here in the summer, but they're here to work. And so they so, already have a so, basic um, understanding. Typically, they work two, three jobs and don't have time to take the class or receive tutoring. But we still offer services over the summer, and we, we are working with some students that are able to, um, but it's not nearly the numbers. Um, and the programming um, is run on semesters. It, it all coincides with our volunteer training and the availability mm. of volunteers and, um, you know, that whole cycle. Tell so. us a little bit about, uh, uh, first of all, I, I don't know a nonprofit that doesn't need volunteers. Mm -hmm. So um, do you need volunteers? And how, how might someone get started if they wanted to help out? So just give us a call or go to our website. Um, 508 Eight six two one three zero five. Hey, you know our number. I called you this morning. <laughs> uh, that's our so. volunteer coordinators line, and then my line is five zero eight seven seven one zero two one one. You can also email. Email addresses are on our website, which is capecodliteracycouncil.org. So that's easy to remember. Long, but easy. Mm -hmm. um, and so we would talk with you about becoming a volunteer. You give us a call and contact us, and then we talk to you about our programs and how you might fit and what you would enjoy and your scheduling and all those sorts of right. details. And, and then we invite you to a training. So if, if you had, um, is there like a minimum uh, amount of time commitment in terms of taking the volunteer training? Uh, the volunteer training is spread over three days. It's between 12 and 16 hours total. And it does vary uh, depending upon the person who's applying. For example, we have a number of retired instructors, teachers, mm -hmm. and some who already have been working in adult literacy in another state or somehow are um, already trained well in one of our areas that we would train someone else. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, we, we, Basically, our training is geared on how to work with any adult with whom you encounter, any okay. program, any adult. 
So, so you don't necessarily have to be uh, standing in front of a blackboard. In fact, you uh, no, no, probably no, 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 won't no. be. Um, no. Are there se you know sessions where after you're trained, you you could simply uh, do the immersion by talking with someone, seeing if they well, have any have questions? Of, um, programs. So we have one-to-one -one tutoring. Mm -hmm. So you can meet with someone in the community face to face and work on whatever uh, their goal is. Right. That is. Uh, we have a program that I mentioned called the English Immersion Classes, where say four group, four volunteers work with ten students. And currently, this semester, so far, we have sixty-two students. So, you know, those volunteers work as sort of um, a collaborative in a collaborative model. Mm -hmm. And then we train volunteers to go to the Cape Cod Community College's Adult Education Center. And they work in those here downtown in Hyannis. And those um, volunteers assist the teacher and work directly with the student. So that volunteer would work directly with Naya to help her improve in that class time. Mm -hmm. So those are our um, three ongoing programs at all times. So it enables the volunteer, if they're a person who wants to work one to one, they can do that in a small group. If they like to collaborate, if they would rather you know, be told what to do by an instructor and help that way. There's, and then there's volunteering just, you know, in our fundraisers and our events. I knew that word was going to come all up. That. And I was going <laughs> to ask you next, uh, every nonprofit, in addition to volunteers, needs fundraisers. So um, is there a fundraiser coming up? When is your? Um, our next uh, planned large fundraiser is the GASP. And we had 20 riders last year on the gasp it was very successful it's a lot of fun um we so, pay the entry which is 95 dollars why, why don't you and, start at the beginning here because you know bike ride and oh sorry yeah. yeah it's it's a bike ride that goes from sandwich to provincetown mm -hmm. and it includes a clam bake so when you finish in provincetown you take a ferry back to sandwich and have a large clam bake oh. and um so Folks of all abilities and ages ride the length of the Cape. Um, most of it is on the bike trail. And then you finish in P-Town and have a, you know, a lunch and a, a share one another's successes. Wow, nice. And all the while you're raising funds for the Literacy Council and other orgs. Through like you know, pledges and that kind of thing? Exactly. Um, there's a minimum to raise, $500. And then there's an entry fee, but we pay the entry. We're the only mm -hmm. organization that does that on the Cape. Great. So far. <laughs> and the date on that again, like if people were interested, they'd want to be getting ready by when? Um, we will be reaching out by May-ish. Okay. And uh, the ride is September. I want to say the 18th, but you know, I. That's okay. You can just say September. Somewhere and I'm sure that the Cape Cod Times will be uh, putting in information about it before then, but uh, just to. Yeah let people know. Do you think you'll be involved with this, Naya? Yeah, for sure. So, are you a bike rider? Will you ride? I do. Yeah? It's so. not really good, but I do. Are, do you mind if I ask a personal question? Do you have other family here? Um, like, you know, do you have children who are in the schools? Or? Yes, I do. And I have a nine years old and I have 12 years old, mm -hmm. both in school. Yeah. And are they... Um, how and that sort of coincides with how long you've been learning English, I think. So, what do you get to practice with them because they have English at school, or? Uh, 
my 12 years old, we just speak English with him. Because mm -hmm. he, he's actually my, he's my stepson mm -hmm. and his mom couldn't speak Portuguese. And yeah. that's why he never learned Portuguese. Yeah. But with my daughter, I tried to only speak Portuguese at home. Mm -hmm. I don't want she lose her Portuguese. I know. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. You, you want to get better at English, but you don't want to lose the gift of of uh, being bilingual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I when I was growing up, we we lived in a house that had uh, a family who had come from Cuba, and uh, the adults did not speak English, but uh, they were quickly acquiring it, and um, the kids were bilingual. So you'd be having a conversation with a two-year-old on the stairs, and yeah. uh, it would go, it would just kind of slide from English into Spanish, and I would be saying Alex in English, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, because he wouldn't even realize he had switched from one language to the next. Yeah, but it, um, you know, I wanted to ask you in terms of volunteering, Catherine. Do volunteers need to have another language, or? Oh no, um, as a matter of fact. We encourage you not to speak a foreign language when you're working with a student. Just English. If, if it's a, you know, if a student in need speaks another language, you know, we have native born students who, you know, mm -hmm. you speak English to anyway. But, uh, and this enables the volunteer, actually the student, to um, learn a little bit faster. They don't have to, you know, hear the spoken word, synthesize it in their brain translate and then send it back out again that creates a third step right so so you try um, to get to the point i've heard people say you try to get to the point where you're thinking in english exactly and you know their time is limited with us if when you think of the big picture mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of hours that you know are concentrated time helping them to learn to read write and speak english and so that time is very important and, you know within reason sometimes you want to just break the ice and yeah. you know you need to know something that and if you know Spanish Portuguese or French or you know that that's helpful that mm -hmm. way yeah but certainly not a requirement no. and you don't even have to be able to use those vowel sounds well so there goes my <laughs> I guess I'll be coming up yeah. to volunteer yeah. You're booked. <laughs> yeah I'm my kids are so lucky their father was much better with uh, vowel sounds than I was Anyway, but uh, do you do you find that um, there are situations that are particularly helpful to you now in in terms of of uh, you've been in this for the long haul, you've been learning for a long time. Um, are there situations where volunteers were able to do something or take an approach that was easy that helped you? Oh yeah, that helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. That that helped me like with a lot of situations like. Like I said, going to the doctors. The doctors, yeah. Uh, like we had a doctor last year. He came. He's um, what he was? Um, he's a cardiac. Yeah, cardiologist, uh, right? Yes, from Cape Cod Healthcare. That was part of our grant. We invited community folks that related to the needs. The students take a pre-survey. Mm -hmm. We want to know what they're interested in learning, so we invite in guests from the community one was a cardiologist because yeah. they were interested in heart health oh interesting so he he spoke and that was yeah that, that was, was amazing and he asked me to help him to translate and I did my best and that helps me a lot oh yeah so you're learning you're soaking things in and and putting them out at the same time yes mm -hmm. it, it right. uh, um, you know I should say I, I think Cape Cod Healthcare has 
been making a commitment to reaching uh, our Portuguese, um, our Brazilian community, um, and other languages as well. Because mm -hmm. I, I know uh, one of the women over there who uh, was professional in um, in Brazil, and and she was a uh, for many years. I'm not sure if she still is, but she was a translator at the hospital. Okay. So they have people mm -hmm. on, you know, yep. always better if you can you know, learn yourself. But yeah. I want to quickly remind you because we are coming up fast. This show always goes more, you know, so much faster than I think it will. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you have a question, um, whoop, see, I said that and the producer puts up his hands for the five minute mark. Um, if you have a question, you might want to write it in now. Or if you don't have time now, you can do it later and we'll ask these ladies to, um, to answer it for you. Um, tell me a little bit about, uh, do you have a, a goal for how many volunteers you'd like to um, have sign on this year, or just it's an open door? It's an open door. Uh, the more, the better. We, um, the more volunteers that we train, the the stronger the pro programming be is, and the wider we can cast our net. Mm -hmm. So um, so far, there isn't a lack of volunteer participation so far, but um, I am truly amazed at those that do come forward, that they're coming to give up their time, and they come from all professions, all ages, um, from high school students on up, you know, to retirees. So. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, they're just wonderful. They're they're ready to give back in this way. Can't imagine not being able to read a prescription bottle or an email or, you know, the journeys they take in a book are, you know, we all read so we know they're fabulous and they can't imagine not being able to do that. So um, we train approximately, well, I want to say 60 volunteers per year or so. Here at the um, Cape Cod Times, right? Yes. Because yes. we run into them at the back door and yes. uh, send them upstairs <laughs> to your office, to your training rooms. Yeah. So right. it's great being neighbors like this. It is. It is. And we're really appreciative of the times and the space here. Uh, we were founded here 30, mm -hmm. 32 years ago. I was going to ask yeah. because you had a big anniversary celebration. Yes, that must have did. been for 25. Yes, that was a, a little while ago. But um, we were founded by Scott Hempstead, the publisher at the time, to raise community awareness um, and to engage the community in volunteerism and to, of course, stamp out illiteracy because we were we are a newspaper back then. So um, with that in mind, he began this nonprofit. We're a nonprofit and um, all volunteer uh, with the exception mm -hmm. of two um, subcontractors, volunteer coordinator and a data coordinator. And um, we've been holding trainings here all those years and uh, really loving it because the volunteers actually walk in and go, oh, wow, I'm in the Cape Cod Times building. Look, this is the inside of what the newspaper <laughs> building looks like. But yeah. And uh, it, it does seem like a very natural fit. You know, um, I can remember people saying, you know, of course, we're going to have a literacy council because we want people to read the paper. And, uh, you know, we want to keep literacy. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you quickly, um, you now it's more of a, a second language thing, but when you first started um, 
did you find that there were more actual, uh, I shouldn't say actual literacy, but that that section of, of uh, literacy which dealt with people having perhaps missed the opportunity to learn mm -hmm. when they were in school, was, was that bigger or are we getting, is this a shift towards um, helping people with second language issues? Well, I think it's a shift in that the population on the Cape has, you know, boomed with the immigrant community and they are trying to fill the roles and some of the jobs of the current folks on Cape Cod who are moving off Cape for whatever reasons. Uh -huh. um, but way back when it was founded, um, I would say it was more about illiteracy and connecting with libraries and, you know, not that we don't do that now, we do, but um, the focus was definitely more that in that direction. Mm -hmm. I would. That's my perception. I that, wasn't that's here kind that of the feeling ago, that I, I but, uh, was getting yeah. also, which is why I was making yeah. my case about uh, not yeah. knowing how helpful I would be. Um, and also, um, I wanted to ask Nia, do, do you find yourself um, reading in English for pleasure these days? Or? Oh, yeah. It's mm -hmm. amazing. Like when I get a newspaper um, book, it's, it's really wonderful. Because it is, so even in today's technological age, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's an information age and, and, and there is so much to be taken in, um, you know, in terms of, of looking at the printed page, even the menu. Sometimes you feel like mm -hmm. you need a half hour to go to the mm -hmm. restaurant and, and go through <laughs> any, uh, any words. So see, you have a head start on a few of them because things like linguisa, you see all the native people here trying to pronounce it, and uh, and uh, that's a that's a Portuguese dish. So anyway, um, I'm going to ask you, Catherine, to give the addresses one more time. Uh, do you have a Facebook page? We do Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. We are and your website. website. Um, the emails are on the website. And the phone numbers, I can repeat, we're at 319 Main Street in Hyannis, the Cape Cod Times building. And uh, Better to call first, usually. Better to yeah. call first. We don't have a walk-in center. Right. Our office is here, though. Right. Yeah. You can make an appointment to get any questions. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's whether you want to be a student or whether you want to volunteer. Or like Nea, you could end up being both at various yeah. times. So is tell me about your 12-year-old. Your um, is, is it a boy or a girl? He's a boy. He's a boy. Yeah. Um, is he proud of the fact that, that uh, you can speak now or is he just like mom? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, he is. Yeah. So it, uh, I, I know that that was for many years a, a a big issue, especially in Hyannis for the elementary schools mm -hmm. here, um, and they're thrilled to have parents who, who can uh, uh, communicate directly rather than just through the kids. So yeah. anyway, Absolutely. well, I want to thank you both for coming thank you. and uh, congratulations. Thank and you. and I, uh, I, I would like to say I'll be working on the Portuguese, but I don't know, <laughs> sticking with remembering all of the English. That'd be fun. So, Catherine, thank you so much for, oh, for coming. You. and uh, It's been a pleasure and a thrill.
all of you out there, thank you for joining us. And uh, he's going to kill me for this, but I must say that uh, um, Jason, this is his last day on the show. But um, we will uh, we will keep on keeping on. And next week we are having a visit from the Pheasants Chef. That's a place in Dennis. So I hope you'll look in and and get some tips on how to up your your cooking game. And thanks for being here. Thank you.